Welcome to the Zeal Interestings podcast, where we discuss an interesting article or link from the week. I'm your host, Chris White. My co-host for this week is Frank West. Welcome to the show, Frank. Hey, Chris. How's it going? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me today. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on. Great. So today we're covering the concept of facial recognition for phone authentication. We've included a few article links in the show notes for some background. Frank, could you kind of introduce us to the topic and explain what's going on this year? Yeah, I think it's come to the forefront with the Apple X announcement that there are several new ways to authenticate to get into your phone. Uh, Apple is now doing facial recognition uh, following in the footsteps of Samsung's version on their S8. And that brings us to some tough questions about, you know, security, uh, threat models, kind of figuring out where uh, where you land in the realm of, of how secure you want to be, you know, where this data actually is stored, how companies are using this data, if they're using this data, which authentication model is best for you. Uh, so there's a lot of questions uh, that this topic kind of brings to light. Yeah, that's a great summary. It seems like if a device is using your face, like, is that A, is a, you know, the base question is, is it secure in any way uh, or are there ways to defeat it easily? And then what are the implications of our devices now capturing more than just our pins from our touch and keystrokes? I think that that's an interesting problem. Yeah. My first round into the world of development was with a company that did facial recognition software. It was a challenge back then. Uh, we used a lot of a lot of data to scan for airport security. Okay. There were a lot of challenges to overcome with the technology at that point in time. Looking at what Apple's actually got, what they've started to build, they by far and large have done a better job of, one, building a system that is accurate and and more secure than previous models in, uh, that have come before it. Yeah. So how does this work? Like, it's the iPhone X, and they're calling it Face ID. What does it actually do? So there are several steps that they went over in the in the uh, announcement. So one, it's it's using depth measurement. It's using attention graph. Like, if you are looking at it or not looking at the phone, it is using infrared. It is using proximity sensors. There are probably four different, like a, a, a light flood, basically. So it's basically can use, you can use this in any level of light. When you take that and you compare it to something like Samsung's version, where Samsung's version is just using a simple camera, just this, like their normal camera, you get uh, no assurance of depth. You get no assurance of, of an actual positive match. I think when you look at at some of the notes and and some of the articles that have been, come out, you can see things such as Samsung's version being fooled by a photo. Uh, so, so yeah, and so this is this is a huge concern. If you uh, even on their site, if you if you kind of read, they're saying Face ID is one of the less secure versions of authentication for the Samsung phone. Right. Probably not used if you are really concerned about uh, your security of the contents of your phone. So Samsung themselves, is when they're listing out their options, they actually say that this is not our most secure option? Yeah, this is this is not their most secure. It's not, it's not something that they prefer you use over passwords, pins, or patterns. Um, so the, the key being with Apple... 
you know, the big announcement being is is their system has been tested by I think billions of data points. Oh wow! To re yeah to reduce uh, the the possibility of being fooled by pictures. They claim that it can't be be fooled by by masks. They claim that it can't be. These are all things that that Samsung can't claim. And I think it's the level of technology that Apple has actually put into their into their product that allows them to do this. Gotcha. So they're selling it as like a combination of, you know, we have all these sensors and then you have this machine learning kind of platform with this powerful mobile processor to verify all those data points. Sounds like they have a lot more tools at their disposal than you had a long time ago in facial recognition. Yeah, we had a we had a simple camera that uh, that right. always you had a low res security camera. Exactly, exactly. And this is this is great because this is that project was ultimately scrapped because one, it was so inaccurate. False positives were always going like it slowed down the airport lines. There were the time it took for you to stand there. And wait for your face to get scanned was somewhere in the 10 second range. And that in a long line of airport security, that's just not going to happen. Things like the Apple X are claiming that it is almost instantaneous. So the amount of sensors, the power uh, of these processors to allow this type of analysis to happen in real time is is amazing. So I wouldn't... I wouldn't put it past the company that I was working for previously to start looking at this as the next venture of facial recognition to get back into the airport security feature. There you go. Yeah, but that brings up, you know, several, several questions about where and how this data is used. We were using it at this company for terrorists, right? For 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 trying to block anything that you you might been on a terrorist watch list, you might been on the FBI most long. We basically scanned every directory that we had available to us to uh, ensure that you were not on some kind of list. Gotcha. So even if you were using an alias, you would supposedly be captured by the system and prevented from going through places. Yeah. And the the idea kind of going back to a couple of those points is that there was no guarantee that us as a company weren't taking your picture and using it in other places. Right and there, you're in a public space of of the airport. We're taking your picture. We're scanning it. Uh, the company, it, yeah, adding it to a database. The company didn't actually do that, but there's no guarantee that that's not happening uh, when we when we come down to this uh, situation. You know, a- yeah, yeah. Apple and themselves are, you know, I think they're generally claiming that that this stuff is all local and, and right. So with with the with the touch systems like the touch id systems and the face systems all the processing is happening locally is what they're claiming yeah all of all of it's happening locally uh it is it is not being sent up to the cloud nothing's being stored i I tried looking to find out if this claim could be made in samsung's version as well i was not able to find that information but the apple's apple's claim is is that everything's local nothing's ever sent there's no way for anybody to demand this information from apple because they'll never have it they don't have your fingerprint they don't have your don't have your photo so yeah it, it seems like apple is apple is now apple's made a new system of security that raises a couple more questions in for you as a person one is you know what is your what is your threat model as as a person? What do you, what do you 
feel is it, what you feel like are like the reasonable attack vectors that might happen to you as a person right right so you know if you're if you're looking at one of troy when we're looking at troy hunt's blog post it's really what he was saying is that for like 99 percent of the people your, your your threat vector is is somebody stealing your your phone at the bar right and and so the level of security that you need at that point in time uh that is it, well, you need something for one. That was yep. point number one. Put some kind of a passcode on your phone. You actually need to secure your phone at some point in time. It seems like the modern devices have encrypted storage, right? So if you can't like just pull all the data off the phone and instantly have it without some, some work there, right? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, if you are at the least bit concerned about your security, and, and even at that, the security of the people you come in contact with like maybe you don't care about your security, but you're emailing back and forth with somebody else and and personally they care. So, you know, even taking that simple step of putting a four code pin in your phone at least extends the courtesy to other people that you're also looking out for their privacy. Right. That's a great point. So even though that matters, it doesn't matter to you. So when somebody steals your your phone at the bar, you're looking at what's the best security you can possibly have at that point in time. The passcode's not going to do it. The pin's not going to do it. Uh, Those are really low security in those situations. And your phone's gone away from you. You have your your fingerprint, right? Yep. And 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 face recognition, right? Other than you know a a, a decent facial recognition software, right? Hopefully, they just don't go to your Facebook profile and put your phone in front of it and say, "I've got, I'm logged in." (laughs) Yeah. So with, with with the introduction of Face ID, I think if you are someone that, that is fearful of your phone getting stolen, the idea being is uh, with, with what Troy Hunt's saying is that basically facial recognition or the Face ID is your best shot at protecting yourself. Gotcha. Yeah. But there's another scenario where Face ID might be a, a vulnerability to you, right? If someone has your phone and they just stick it in your face that's that's what some people are saying is is that's a valid attack vector right yeah so this attack vector exists regardless right so it's just depending on the so if you if somebody sticks the phone in your face and unlocks it that's great i think the same amount of of work can be done to have you put your fingerprint on the phone and lock unlock it that way i think there's probably less personal uh, obviously uh, physical contact with the face id piece sure um, but i think if you're in that situation there you have more problem you have special problems you 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 do and it, and it's hard to empathize with those people because you have to actually be able to put yourself in that position to realize that there are reasons that this that that somebody's in that position that that are out of their control one of the big ones being is there was you know an instance of domestic violence that this, there were people really afraid that this was going to increase their vulnerability for a, a an abusive spouse or partner. Right. Now, this is true, and it this was a point that was brought up in the whole blog post of Troy Hunt, uh, that this was something that, right off the bat, is, it's not a scenario he finds himself in, and so it wasn't something that first popped up into his head, and I, and I think that that's, I think that that he was great in being able to reflect on on those points. The the key being is yeah that's that's definitely problematic. It may be more problematic than a thumbprint or a finger a touch ID. That 
that problem still exists in that situation. So it's very situational. Yeah. And maybe the the people that build these products need to make sure they're having empathy for all the different situations that people find themselves in, right? Yeah, and I guess when you're when you're dealing not only with developing a system and trying to gain that empathy, gain the perspectives of life experiences outside your own, I think Apple does a really good job of at least getting to a point where we've given ourselves a lot of options that could work with any number of, of situations. You know, you can have no passcode and that's, that's awesome. So there are now, they took one away, but they, they, there are three ways for you to secure your phone. I wish Apple would have kept touch ID in a way that Samsung did. You know, Samsung has six ways to secure your phone even when they took away the front-facing fingerprints, so they put one on the back of their phone on the newer devices. Right. Whereas the iPhone X no longer has any kind of touch because there's only a screen on this phone. Right. Yeah. So the the design considerations, uh, you know, for them was obviously a Touch ID on the back adds significant cost. The maybe it didn't fit into the, the Apple way, just not in the right place. There's, you know, whatever the decision ended up being. They took away a a tool, a, a basis of of being able to get into your phone that most people found really helpful. You know, but another problem with these biometric tools is somebody's going to be able to defeat them at some point in time. You know, technology is going to continue to evolve, both on the security side and then also on the the side that you uh, the attacker the side, hacker, the attacker side, right? So that's. That's going to continue to happen. There's going to be ways like there are already ways not on Apple side or, or on Samsung. There's already ways that fingerprint scanners have been defeated. So how long till this happens with with face ID right. or with touch ID? And and the problem being is the reason these pieces are less secure in the overall approach is that they can't be changed. I see. Because they're hardware based. No, you're just you're you're stuck. Sorry, if that so you are stuck with your face and you are stuck with your fingerprints. Oh, you yes. can no longer change Definitely. your passcode that, that exists. Right. Your passcode is a is a permanent part of your body. Yeah. So the idea being that if face ID can get more people to secure their phones in a way that it's it has some novelty just like touch ID did. Nobody wanted to remember the four-digit pin. Nobody wanted to to try to remember their pattern that they connected all the dots on to unlock their phone. Touch ID came in and increased the security of of a good majority of the phones. There's no real figures out there, but you can imagine that, that the convenience factor of a Touch ID to lock a phone probably increased the overall security of the phones throughout throughout the world. So that's kind of a counter to the to people poo-pooing a system because it has defeat mechanisms is that creating these convenient new approaches gives more security to more people. More security to more people that probably are in a situation that they don't have a threat model that that puts them in a situation that, right. that face ID is going to be an issue. They're not a journalist traveling internationally or you know they're not trying to uh, enter countries that may not want to receive them or things like that. Right, right. And and so, you know, there's the fact that Apple has thought a lot of these situations out and the fact that there are quick ways to disable 
these these passcodes, such as you know, I think it's there used to be quick touching the home screen or uh, squeezing the two side buttons. You can now disable these features when you find yourself in those situations. I think they're designed generally to when you when you see these things, they're designed in a way that that they thought of some of these situations where they needed to be quick disabled. Right. Disable the biometrics when you're approached by someone who might want to grab your phone and stick it in your face or put your hand on it when you don't want that to happen. Yeah. It's also interesting to think like it was only four or five years ago that our phones were even like encrypted by default, right? It seems like protecting the information on your phone hasn't even always been an option. Uh, Yeah, I don't know exactly when this started to happen, but it's definitely a new era of, of security and awareness and privacy that exists. And, and it's a challenge for every company to try to figure out what, what the best approach is. But, you know, there's a balance between the security of, of the device, the cost, the, the usage. So, you know, we can make it extremely hard. How hard is it to yeah, use? We can make it extremely <laughs> secure, but like the amount of time like you're going to have to unlock it Every time you put it down, you're going to have to unlock it right. with a 20-digit you know, passcode. 20-digit pins, or maybe we'll use the gyroscope. Like, we could have them toss it up in the air, and if you toss it up in exactly the right way, yeah, so there, then you'll unlock your phone. There, there are concerns, but I'm, I think overall, we are glad that the companies are moving towards you know, more security, uh, more personal privacy, more ownership of your your data unless we we own your data right so it sounds like you're feeling more optimistic based on these new based on all this new all these options what i think is is that it's it's great if more people have an easier way to secure their data however they see fit than measures like this where they're well thought out and well executed make a better kind of environment for everybody involved including like like i said back to this simple scenario of like i i personally me i don't care about my personal privacy in 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 the way that i know that maybe my wife does but if i'm emailing back and forth with her like it's best that I take everybody's privacy into account right and the easier we make these systems the better we make them, the better it is for everybody involved. Yeah. Well, cool. I think that's actually a pretty good place to wrap up. Uh, yeah. This was it's a, it was an exciting announcement to watch in the technology. Knowing that I was in a in a company that tried to do facial recognition, failed miserably doing so, and to see how far technology has come to get us to a place where you know we are not being fooled by by pictures we're not being fooled by masks and and right this is this is just an exciting technology and I'm, i can't wait to see uh the white paper when it comes out they're going to be releasing it real yeah. close to the release of the iphone x so that'll be an exciting white paper to to kind of peruse it's also impressive that all of this uh, technology is phone sized yeah 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 it's it's a it's it's amazing. I was uh, we were watching something of, again reminding us how far we've come. You know the what can fit in your pocket now. Uh, you know used to have to sit in an entire basement of of a building, like a university or a, or IBM or something. Yeah. 
So it's exciting, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 glad that these systems are in place, and I appreciate you having me on today to kind of speak through them. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me, Frank, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. If you want even more interestings, please sign up for our newsletter at codingzeal.com forward slash interestings, or follow us on Twitter at codingzeal. Thanks, everyone.